Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that will draw both eyes and compliments. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. We also offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. As spring makes its way into summer, stay cool in a short-sleeve, moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tecovis's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. The pursuit for food has taken us into the wilderness, across rivers, and atop mountains. These journeys have connected us to the wild. It is this connection that allows us to experience the wild places this world has to offer and search for both wild game and adventure. This is my adventure for food. So it was a couple of months ago when Justin reached out to me and said, hey, there are these second draw sea tag opportunities in Colorado. We should take a look at them. Uh, kind of late in the game for Colorado tags, uh, but you know they could be, they could be good. Maybe at least if anything else fails, it would be a good trip out to Colorado. Uh, not only hang out with Justin, but to get some more hunting time in. Uh, so I took advantage of them. They ended up being antlerless plains deer tags. So kind of out east in the prairie of Colorado. Uh, booked my flights, got everything together, and ended up coming out here. So. We didn't really know a whole lot about the area or what we were getting into. Justin did some scouting out there, found some good areas, but a lot of it was basically e-scouting and finding out where the public land would be. And we would just kind of drive up there and walk onto the public land and see what happens. So the, the first day, it was a Friday, we went out there pretty early and walked around a couple areas, didn't see any deer, saw a lot of sign, saw a couple of coyotes and uh, some, some antelope too, which is cool. Uh, but no deer, so left that day without seeing anything, but did find another spot which had a spring at the top of it and some running water through it, which it's pretty dry out here right now, so it was actually some of the only running water around that we had found. So we decided to come back in a couple days and that was gonna be our area to check out. So Sunday comes around. Uh, I did not account for daylight savings time, so uh, instead of waking up three hours before sunrise, we woke up two hours before sunrise and then had to take the two-hour drive out there. So that was my bad. It was a little uh, disheartening that maybe we were already off to a bad start. But nevertheless, we got out there and it was the 
it was public land, but it was gated, so we had to take the gate across, drive on, and as we're driving down the road, I see a car come up behind us, and this guy pulls alongside, and he's the ranch manager for the ranch surrounding the land around this public land. And uh, he just kind of tells us where to go, where not to go. Uh, some of the trails may look like they're still on the public land, but they're actually on the private land. Uh, he also made it a point to mention that there are no deer back there. Uh, but as we, we kind of warmed up to him and he warmed up to us and then eventually said, yeah, yeah, I've seen a few deer back there. And you know what? You guys can, you guys can go up to the top of the ridge and you guys can hunt that whole ridge. I'm okay with that. So that's what we did. We drove in, got our stuff together. It was maybe 45 minutes after sunrise. Uh, still pretty, pretty cool, but warming up quickly. And we walked in towards these bluffs and then up the bluffs and hadn't seen anything up till that point so we were scanning the bluffs the entire walk nothing popped out and when we got to the top and started walking uh into the wind so that you know our scent would be hidden a little bit and i was just scanning the horizon and saw these two little ears poking up so i whispered over to justin actually i think it took a few whispers since he was a little far away but uh, I said, hey, there's a doe over there. Uh, we should go after it. He's like, yeah, let's do it. So we tried to get as close as we could to the little rock outcrop that we saw, we saw this doe behind. And we got there, and as we're standing there, we see two more on top of a rock even further off in the distance. Definitely feeding, and you can see their heads down, uh, and both antlerless, so that was good. So we decided to drop our packs there, and we're gonna do, we're gonna do a stalk on top of this ridge and there's a little little tiny bush I think it was we decided on a cedar but it was maybe four feet tall that was uh, about 30 yards off to our left so we walk over to that to try and keep our cover so that these deer don't see us and we're just standing there and we're about 280 I think 285 yards from the deer that we're currently looking at uh, too far of a shot for me that I'm comfortable taking Justin could take that shot but we really, we really both want to come away with uh, a deer this day. So we're standing by this tree, and all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I see this fairly large shape moving towards me, maybe about 100 yards off to my right, my 1 o'clock, if we're using the clock. And I look at it, and I whisper to Justin, and say, Justin, this is a big doe coming towards us. And I keep looking at it, and no, that's no doe. That is a monster mule deer buck. I mean, this thing was huge. I think five by five is what we decided on. Had two little points in the front. But the most interesting thing was that it had a strand of barbed wire going across both antlers, just hanging off. So it must have caught a fence or something, but this thing looked mean. It looked big. Uh, if only we had a buck tag, then that thing would have been down right there. But it kept walking towards us. And in fact, it got to within about 10 yards of where we were standing, and we were completely motionless. It walked to within five feet of where our packs were off to our right. And I was starting to get a little concerned that he was going to freak out and charge us. So I was trying to get Justin to, hey, man, grab your rifle real quick. Uh, but at any kind of movement, that could have spooked him further. So we gave him a little, little hisses. And uh, he finally spooked off, actually in the direction of the two does that we were watching, but he did a little bit of a slant route and cut in front of them, and so he ended up not scaring them off. So despite how cool that was, uh, that was the closest encounter with a buck that I've ever had. 
we, we kept pressing on for these does that we were tracking. So we decided to move up a little bit closer to a, a rock outcrop a few yards in front of us, probably about 50 yards in front of us, uh, to get a little bit closer, get a little bit better angle. And that's what we did. We snuck up, walking on the rocks to conceal any kind of noise that was happening with the morning crunch. And uh, I set up my scope on just the ears and the top of the head of the of the deer that I could see because they had both kind of sat down at this point. Uh, maybe it was getting a little warm. Maybe they were bedding down or just relaxing. And Justin decided to go a little bit farther off to the left and kind of outflank them, but get a better angle so that we could see what was going on, so he could see the deer that he was going to shoot. Well, as Justin's going over there, I'm keeping my eyes on my deer, but all of a sudden my deer spooks, and what I expected to happen was it for it to spook and just stand up and stay there. But it actually spooked and immediately ran 10 yards in the opposite direction from me. So I was like, oh crap, here we go. Uh, I, put my, I went up to another rock outcrop about 10 yards in front of me, trying to get a little bit better shooting lane because I was a little obstructed. Uh, laid down, put my sights right on the deer. It was running away from me. Uh, all I could see was his butt for probably a good 10 to 20 seconds and then it stopped quartered away from me so I could see its back left quarter was closest to me and I put the crosshairs right on the base of its neck and shot and as I followed up to get that follow-on sight picture all I could see was deer down legs flailing on the ground and I was super pumped I was so excited I, that's when I started shaking that was probably the cleanest shot I've ever taken I've gone to the range quite a few times uh, I've shot at animals with that rifle, but that was by far the cleanest shot I've taken. And I would find out how clean it was a little bit later when we ended up cleaning it. But uh, I stood up. I think all the deer had left. I ended up seeing the herd that Justin, we actually, we didn't see it originally. But Justin went over that ridge and there were four other deer that were part of that herd that we didn't know about. And they spooked, jumped over the fence and they were long gone. But we walked up to the deer that I had down, and it was, it was a little bit smaller than it looked through the scope, which I think is pretty common for some people, but uh, ended up being a button buck. Still counts as antlerless, but I was through the roof excited. Uh, it was my first deer, and I, I couldn't have been happier. You know, It wasn't a monster buck. It wasn't even a monster doe, if you want to call it that, but I was super pumped. The shot went right through the back of its left shoulder uh, right through one lung and out through the center of its chest i mean it dropped where it stood it, i don't even think it ran a few yards all the blood was right there and uh you know took it back quartered it up and took it back to justin's house butchered it there and you know i've got some meat in the freezer from my first deer and i'm super excited about it and that's my adventures for food with my first deer go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience, brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts, every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.
Every once in a while, it's fun to go with like just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chase in the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.